Hey, my name is Philip Craig. I'm the pastor here at Aria Church. Thanks so much for joining us. I hope this podcast empowers you, hope it fuels your faith, and hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. So last week, we, we talked about pages torn, about how sometimes we disregard parts of the Bible just because we don't like it. And it's easier just to ignore those things, but the problem is God has very clearly said in His Word that all of the Bible is God-breathed. Jesus quoted it, and all throughout the Scripture we see um, them pulling parts of the Bible from the Old and the New Testament, and so we can't ignore anything. Um, it's all there to help us in context of what's being said at that time. So today, um, we're going to talk about probably a, a difficult topic for some of us, a controversial topic, and, and yeah, you might get a little bit red. If, if you any earplugs for any kids in here at some part? No, I'm only kidding. Well, not really, but they need to hear this. Um, I'm so glad as I was going through uh, some of the churches that I was brought up in that I heard some of this information before I got to marriage. So today's message is called Marriage Mayhem. And we're going to talk a little bit about what the Bible says in regards to authority uh, in, in marriage and, and what way we can kind of prepare for that or, or figure some of that stuff out. So let's pray. God, I just pray and thank you for your word. I thank you, God, it is our, it is our uh, playbook. I, I, pray that it, I pray and thank you that it guides us. It shows us your way, which is a lot of times not our way. But I just pray, Father, you'd open our eyes to see what you see. In Jesus' name, everyone said... Amen. Some of you in here might say, I'm not married. I'm never getting married again. Some of you might say, some of you, um, you might switch off because you don't feel called to be married, and that's okay too. Not everyone is called to be married, but some of this information relationally is helpful, I believe. So don't switch off, especially if you're single and you want to get married. Preparation is the best way. Amen. Amen. Let's not get to the place where it's too late, and as they say, too much water under the bridge. Let's learn. Maybe it's your second time going. Let's make sure the second one is right, and we prepare well for the second time. Um, but, but preparation is, is best, because sometimes we get into situations, and it's just our hearts can harden. So, let's go. So, the first point, I just prayed it. There are God's way. I just want to start before we say anything, God's way, ways are not our ways. So what does that mean? That means that you will hear some stuff here. <laughs> it might make you think, are you for, like, is that really in the Bible? And that's okay. So I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to come and reveal to us and give us a sense of understanding and eyes to see, as the Scripture says, and ears to hear. Because it won't make sense all the time. But who knows, in the world that we live in, some people are working with their minds, trying to figure out humanity with their minds, and it's not going a good way. It's getting confusing. Or maybe there is a limitation to our understanding. Maybe there is a limitation to how we think we can do life better. And it always ends up in dysfunction and issues. So I want to start. I'm going to invite my lovely wife down. So go ahead and put your hands together for Anna. You coming? Yeah. 
Okay. Just off the, off the camera at the back. Okay, I'm going to give that to Anna. So, I'm going to talk a little, this is the illustration for today. We've obviously been using this umbrella, about the umbrella, the umbrella represents God's authority. And obviously Anna's got the umbrella, so I'm under her, well, I'm outside of the authority at the present. And so, if you can just picture, we haven't had a lot of rain, but it looks like from the app, rain's about to come. So we're walking down the street through Belfast, wherever. Um, we wanted to go to Titanic uh, Quarter last night. So let's just picture that, just going past the museum and starts to pelt with, with rain, getting drenched. And Anna was so prepared, she brought the umbrella. And uh, she's walking along with her umbrella. And, and this has happened in the past where, where Anna will be holding, can I get underneath that? And I'll be like, is that it? You know, is, is, is that all the room there is? And I'll be maybe, like, you're covering me. And so what can very easily happen is I get soaked. And when I get soaked, then I feel a little bit of resentment towards my lovely wife, my partner in crime. And, and so the question is, is this God's way? Is this God's best for our lives? I'm getting a little bit of cover, but, but not fully covered, and I'm walking sideways, I'll end up with a back problem. And so, the way we see it within the scriptures, God has actually called me to ask kindly to my wife, can I have the umbrella? I think I've got a solution for us both. And so, when, when we come in close, and I put my, love, my, my big arm around Anna, <laughs> my arms of protection, <laughs> We'll just sit in this moment for a bit. This is nice. <laughs> I'm not just, we're not just close enough to have the umbrella cover us. I'm actually close enough to go in for the kill. <laughs> and so, so God's, God's way is to cover us both, not just one half and the other full. And so within the scripture, it's actually my job to cover and, and hold this umbrella. It's my job as a man to cover my wife, to protect her, to take her in my arms, and, and she can just enjoy and, and enjoy the view. <laughs> Stop, love. There's an edge. <laughs> Come on, put our hands together for Anna. <laughs> Man, I want you to say sacrifice. <laughs> we'll try that again. Man, I want you to say sacrifice. Okay, sacrifice, good. Woman, now, you know, this is going to be a hard one. Are you ready for this? Just try your best. It might be very, very quiet. Woman, I want you to say submission. Oh, there's only three people that showed up for that one. Let's try it again. Woman, I want you to say submission. Still very light. I'm going to do that at the end and see if we can up the level a little bit. Now, now, the problem with the idea of submission is sometimes we think of it as slavery. We think of it as abuse, or, or if, if my husband tells me to jump, you just say, hi, hi. That's not submission. That's not the point that the, that the Bible is trying to get across to us. And if we pick that up wrong, we live for the lie. And we resist handing the umbrella over, even though you're going to have more fun doing nothing and just walking. Just enjoy, like, 
It's more effort for me to hold the umbrella up. Arms getting tired here. It, it takes more. I'm doing more work in that situation. My wife can relax. You understand the submission thing is a, <laughs> it's a good thing. It's, it's not a slavery. It's not a force thing. It's not an abuse thing. Okay, so do not switch off, please. <laughs> and this is the kind of moment where maybe you're thinking, I hope they hear this. I hope she hears this. You know, please don't be given the elbow. This is for you. Or don't be getting this, this sermon and, and you know, just send it to that person you think needed this maybe a few years back. Let's focus on what, where can I get better? Where can, singles, where can I become the one? I heard that so many times. It was so helpful. And even though it's still painful for my pride to die as I'm early, I'm not coming here as a marriage expert. I'm far from it. I'm not coming here trying to tell you I know it all. I don't. I'm coming here saying this is what the Word says, and this is what I've been taught. This is what I've understood, and this is what I'm going to apply. And, and I think I'm going to try and do it as accurately as possible as I see it within the Scriptures. And I think it, it will bring life. I think it will bring godly order. I think it will, it, it will, you'll not lose your personality. You will gain it. Does that make sense? Um, and so we're not promoting slavery. We're not promoting toxic situations. It's the very opposite. Can I get an amen? And so one thing, uh, I'm going to say this. You ready for this? A man is superior to a woman. Some of you men want me to hit the full stop, but I'm not. A man is superior to a woman at being a man. A woman is superior to a man. You ladies want me to hit the full stop? comma, at being a woman. And so we are both good at certain things more than the other. We're wired differently, but the whole point is to be wired in such a way and, and have an order in such a way where we come together and mesh and complement rather than hurt and compete. It's getting quiet. <laughs> And so we've heard this time and time said, we need to come under those things that God has placed over us so that we can get over those things God has put beneath us. God wants to put sin beneath you. He wants to put your way of thinking beneath you because it's going to get in your way to living a fulfilled life, a life full of purpose. There's some hurt and wounds you have right now that aren't necessary. And they don't need to be necessary in, in, in the future, but, but there's a pride issue in both. In all kinds of relationships, pride is the destructive quality that disconnects or there's heads butting. Is that just me or is anyone with me? And so we don't want to be hammered by hell, pelted by problems, or drenched in dysfunction. God has placed authority figures in our lives, whether good or bad, to help us to grow. That bad boss at work, listen, this is what I find. I personally, the Bible also says that we are to submit to one another. Okay? Submission is for us all. I, I know that I have grown the most in, in regards to understanding God's authority and the submission part of it when I have someone that's over me that's not good or I don't always agree with, because that challenges me 
That challenges me on the authority side of things. It challenges me on the submission side of things because I don't want to submit. In the same way, the only way for you to learn how to be patient is to get a situation that you don't want to be patient in. And so the leaders that you dislike are the ones that are actually training you in a golly way to understand authority better. If you agreed with someone all the time, you're not growing, there's no resistance. In the gym, you need resistance to grow, to, to keep fitness high, to keep strength high. You need the resistance. So maybe the souls in your life are actually ordained by God to help you to move forward. Maybe that relationship you're in and, and the struggles you're in are, are actually there, and they're showing you signs of pride in your life. If you would look in the mirror for a second, you would see some things that need to grow. Maybe difficulties aren't all bad. I was thinking about this this morning. I heard a few people talk about it during the week. That there, This guy was telling this story about his, he had a kid, and, and the kid was obviously started as a baby, and it was in nappies, and his, his wife went out one night, and he was just hoping that the nappies were changed before he went out. Lo and behold, as soon as they went out, within five minutes, you know what happened. The nappy needed changed. And he says, right, it's my duty. I need to serve my, my kid here, and, and I need to change the nappy. It's going to be dirty. It's going to be messy, and it's difficult. But he, he said this one thing, and I find it really interesting. He says, but if my kid at 15 years old comes back, and my, my wife has went out, and he's shouting, Daddy, can you come and help me go to the toilet? He's like, no, I'm not. There's no chance I'm coming. You're 15. Grow up you got to learn to do it yourself. And so sometimes in our life, God doesn't come to fix your problem because he's given you the ability to fix it yourself. Sometimes we're attracted to the God, the healer, who can just throw a wand out as it seems and just fix all your problems with no effort from you. But maybe God's saying you're 15, you're 20, you, could, you need to change your victim mentality, change your mindset, become a victor, not a victim. Maybe it's time for you to change your mindset and stop thinking so lowly about yourself and start seeing yourself through my eyes of worth, but only you can do that. It's, in your, it's already in the Word. It's already written fearfully and wonderfully made, but it's your decision to apply it. Amen? And so the one thing I've realized with all of these tensions is you cannot do any of this work. You cannot create healthy relationships in marriage or in work or at home without faith. Because fear always tries to control. Another word for control is man to manipulate, to try and force. And, and so what happens in, is when you stop forcing and you stop trying to control is it leaves a gap. And in that gap, you can start to worry. And in that gap, you can start to create up stories that aren't true, but, but you're afraid they might be true. And so there's, there's a faith gap. And who are you going to put your faith in, yourself? Or just the world? Or, or can you actually put in that gap, can you put God into the gap? C can you fill that gap with faith in Christ, faith in Jesus? And this is why I believe when there's a Christ-centered marriage, you can let go a little bit. You can give your opinion in a healthy way, not be enslaved, not be forced. Not, it doesn't have to become toxic. You don't have to be codependent on that person because you're reliant first and foremost on God. 
Take the pressure off your spouse. Take the pressure off that relationship. Amen? So it goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 11 and 3, but I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ. Christ is the umbrella. And the head of the woman is man. And the head of Christ is God. So everyone in this equation is under authority. Nobody gets off with it. Everyone, if you're in work, you might see there's multiple levels of authority. Even though you might get annoyed at your manager for maybe coming across like he's dominating or whatever, or she's dominating, or it's unhealthy or toxic, they're under authority too. And so they have to learn to serve and be served. It says in, in 1 Corinthians 11, verses 11, Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as woman came from man, so also man is born of woman, but everything comes from God, meaning that the, the, the playing field is equal, it's even. But the roles are different. Wherever you work or wherever you function in a healthy relationship, the roles are, the roles are just different. Every human on, the planet, on planet Earth is of equal value. This is interesting. I find this interesting. Uh, the word actually husband, if you break it down into its original language, hus, H-U-S, that actually means house in Old English. And band, that was a word that was used for banding things together or a tiller of the soil, meaning the, hu the husband's role within the house the husband's role within the house is to band it together, is to glue it together, is to cover it, is to go out to the, the soil and to plant and to provide. Housebound. Housebound. And so that's not, a, that's not a role we just go and sit on the sofa and click the remote. <laughs> but we do like to do that every so often. At least five hours a day. Um, but, but it's an active role. It's a proactive role. It's, a, it's an investment role. It's a, it's a, the buck stops with me, Ro. Listen, within this church, if one of our leaders mess up and it goes into the media, they're not talking, about, probably not talking about that leader. They're talking about me. Doesn't matter if I have nothing to do with it. As they say, the buck stops with the leader. The weight goes on to the leader. And so God has designed people in in, in different environments, in different places in society to take on certain amounts of weight. They're actually, they come alive when they take the weight. And if they don't take the weight, what happens is they lose. They lose that life, they lose that momentum, they lose that, that spring in their step, and they become nearly lethargic. And so what I find Personally, I think with, I would speak for a lot of men is that when a man isn't when a man when a man isn't stepping up, he's stepping down. When a man's not stepping up to the task, he's stepping down. Meaning, if he he isn't given a role, then he, he's not doing any role at all. And, and what happens is he becomes lifeless. I believe. And the, the other thing is when a woman's having to step 
up into maybe something she's not necessarily wired or called to, she'll do it because it, it takes a woman to keep a home operating and functioning. It keeps women to keep the church alive. Absolutely. But when she's having to take on other burdens on top of what she's called to, she becomes burdened. Burdened. And that burden has to go somewhere. So we have the man, has, the man has stepped down when he's not holding the umbrella, and the woman has stepped up, which will happen to look after the kids, look after the family. Absolutely, it happens all the time. And so, and so this is really interesting. Let's go back to the Garden of Eden and see what, ha- what, got, what happened there. But God, but the Lord God called to the man. So they've sinned, they've messed up, both of them ate, the woman ate first, and then the man came after. But, but God comes on the scene, and, and watch who he speaks to first. The Lord God called to the who? The man. Where are you? Where did you go? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from that tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And then the man went on to blame the woman. <laughs> that never happens in your life, I'm sure. But at least Adam messed up. But so the question I have, hey man, where are you? Where are you in the church? Where are you in the home? Where are you in society? Are you, are you feeling lethargic? Are you feeling lifeless? Well, maybe God has got a role for you. Maybe God has got an umbrella for you. Maybe it's time we need to honor you and, and speak life into you for who God has designed you to be. Because what happens when you experience sin and you don't understand the cross is you hide and the shame is all hidden up inside, and you don't feel worthy, and you don't feel good enough, and then someone snatched the umbrella from you, and you're feeling even more beat up now, and, and it's not good. And now, the, now the, the woman in the relationship, in the marriage, is burdened. And so, little point there. Woman, I know he, you're not even sure he's capable and you want to hold on because you want to make sure at least the kids are covered. But what if we started to speak life back into the man? And we started to, I know there's a gap and we need faith for it. What, and I'm telling you, as you speak life and, and you look at what the scripture says, what if you handed him back and, and gave him a chance to, to lead the family again? That's going to be hard to let go. It's going to be unknowns, but I know that God's best is for him to step up, to let go and allow him to lead, and your life will get better. But obviously, we want this to be God's way and God being first. Men, where are you? It goes on to say Galatians 3 and 28. There is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor, there, nor, nor is there male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. The, living, the, the field is level. 
Yet again, we've got to reiterate, this is a level playing field. This is about rules. It's not about someone being better. It's not about someone being superior. It's about the way God has wired us as a team. The reality is Anna is superior to me <laughs> in a lot of things. And I make sure I do a bad job at some things as well <laughs> to make sure she holds on to those superior things, you know what I'm saying? I'm not really good at cleaning those floors, darling. <laughs> but when I do clean them, things get a lot better, I find. There's a lot more hugs on the table available to me. A lot more smiles when I do do the cleaning, make the extra effort to do the dishes before she comes home. Oh boy, the atmosphere shifts in such a good way. So I, I, I love watching, I don't know if any of you have seen The Dog Whisper. Um, and I, funny, I think there's a lot of life lessons within that. When we look at The Dog Whisper and how many times does The Dog Whisper go into these dysfunctional homes and it's the same scenario every time. I always love to see, it's going to be, is this going to be the same problem? And what happens is, is they go in and the dog is running the show. The dog is ruling the roost. He is, it's just chaos up and down the sofa, pulling everything apart. The kitchen's wrecked. It was just brand new. And, and, and they go for a walk and the dog's just all, he's just pulling everywhere. There's no order. And Nobody's enjoying it because they have to keep scolding and, and, and hitting the dog and trying all these different methods and trying to, all these methods that just aren't working, so it's just painful. And the dog whisperer will come in and just say, listen, the problem here is authority. The dog thinks that he's the boss or she's the boss. Because you've tried to do this whole, this whole mindset of love is love, you know, just, I just want to love you, doggy. I just want to pat you. That's great. That's good for affection. But when the dog starts to believe that he's your boss or she's your boss, <laughs> you're under its authority. And when you see the people who have done that, you can see, yeah, that dog is making the calls here. They're not going away places at weekends and different places because the dog is in control. You've taught the dog to whine because every time the dog whines, you give it a treat. And in some ways, that will, that's what can happen within a relationship. And so the dog whisperer will come in and say, listen, the dog is not your friend. <laughs> you're, the, you're the father or that mother, if you want to call it, to that dog. You're the boss. And if you don't step into authority, you'll be pelted by problems, hammered by hell, drenched in dysfunction. And, that's exact, and so he just says, listen... You're the boss now. You're, you're authority. You're, you love the dog. You want to serve the dog, but he needs to see or she needs to see that you are walk beside me. And within a very short period of time, order is released. Order is put back into place, and all of a sudden, they start to enjoy their life again. In the same way, some of our families, we got to understand there's a structure of order. Even with our kids... If I ever am blessed to have any kids, I, I've been taught to understand that the kid is not my friend. <laughs> the child is not my best friend. Oh, my best friend. No. 
I'm, the mother, I'm, I'm called by God to mother and to father a child. There's order. When order is restored, blessing is released. Can I get an amen? If I'm wrong, parents, you can come back to me on that one. But that's where I'm going. It goes on to say in 1 Peter 3, in the same way, you married men should live considerately with your wives with an intelligent recognition of the marriage relation, honoring the woman as physically the weaker, but realizing that you are joint heirs of grace, God's unmerited favor of life, in order that your prayers may not be hindered and cut off, otherwise you cannot pray effectively. Finally, all of you should be of one and the same mind united in spirit, sympathizing with one another, loving each other as brethren of one household, compassionate, courteous, tender-hearted, and humble. This is not domination. This is not slavery. This is not don't speak, listen to me, not domination. It's tender-hearted. It's sympathetic. It's beautiful. It's freedom. You shouldn't lose your personality when you get married. You should gain it. But sometimes you will. Sometimes you'll find yourself more angry, especially in the process of allowing pride to die. But if it's not getting better, it's probably getting worse. And so the question is, why? Are we doing things God's way? You know, as I was growing up, I used to see different organizations, and especially the churches, I was looking closely. And I quickly realized that any organization, youth group, church, if it was, if it was committee-driven, it moved very slow and often got stuck. It didn't move quick. It usually didn't progress. Why? Because God's way of doing things is to have a leader. If you want to grow, if you want to function well, there's got to be, someone's, got to, someone's got to lead. Even as I was going around looking at different church structures and, and the eldership and different things, there's always, there's always one person in the eldership that leads. They would call it first among equals, is what they would say. We're all equal, but someone's got to make the decision. And for this to work effectively, that's what we need. So the question is, okay, so women are weaker, but, but what's weaker? Tell me what's weaker, steel or gold? What's weaker? No one do their stands at school. What's weaker? Gold. Gold is weaker. You don't see houses being erected with, with gold. They're erected with steel. Our bridges erected with steel because it's weaker, but it's more valuable. So I'm going to finish with this. I'm going to talk about sex. Going to talk about sex, baby. All the good times. Dun, dun, dun. So this is really important, and, and I'm so thankful I got some training on this. And I didn't believe half of it, to be honest. But then when I got into the reality of it, I realized, right, that's actually true. Where sometimes I'm willing and I'm ready, actually quite a lot, but my, my good wife isn't. And sometimes she's ready and willing and I'm not. Some of you are like, oh my word, there's kids in here. Good. I'm glad. Because, listen, the church has been way too quiet on this topic. What, you just want your kids to go and look on, on Google about what sex is? 
and to MTV. Oh, you just want to do that? Or just go, go, go research it on, on Instagram and Facebook and see what comes up? No. Or, or listen to their friends at school and what comes up in regards to sex? No, don't, please don't rely on that. The church has to be loud about sex because it was God's plan. It's good. It's not bad. It's great. It, it, this is how good sex is. When, when a man and woman have sex, it has the ability to create an eternal soul that will last forever. That is how good sex is. It's powerful that every person in here came from it and it was formed by it. It's great. It goes on to say here in Ephesians 5 and 22, wives, be subject, be submissive, and adapt yourselves to your own husband as a service to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, and Christ is the head of the church. As the church is subject to Christ, so wives also be subject in everything to their husband. And there's one other scripture, or if I went past it, getting too excited. So, so what we see here is two things. So it says, for the man, we are to give our lives as Christ did for the church. And women, we are, are, are to submit as to the Lord. So men as Christ, women as to the Lord. So the next point is we need to get our as into gear. As to the Lord, or as Christ laid down his life. We need to put our as back into gear. Because if we don't go through the posture as unto the Lord, or as Christ laid down his life, then we're just doing it out of self. We're just doing it out of trying to control. We're just doing it out of our minds, and it doesn't work. We have to do it through the filter of having faith in Christ, faith in God, that his ways are better, that his ways are greater, that his ways work all things out together for good. Amen? I think I missed a verse there. Yes, so in regards to sex, what I realized scripturally, and I was so glad I was able to go through this again, because to be quite honest, I haven't heard it in a long time. I haven't heard anyone speak about it, preach on it. And I was reminded of some things that I need to tighten up on. And so there's a scripture there, I've actually, I haven't put it in here. Is there another scripture there, Sam, that I've maybe missed out? I don't know why I took it out there. No, don't worry about it. Where it talks about, unless that we both should submit to each other with sex in a marriage. It doesn't say if you feel like it. It doesn't say if... Everything just adds up. I've realized within a marriage, it doesn't always add up. It does not, our timing is off. One person's tired from work, the other person isn't. And so the Bible says plainly we should just submit ourselves to one another. And we actually started to apply that in our marriage, and it works. It actually works that when you submit yourself and don't wait on feelings, that your feelings follow. Crazy. I couldn't believe it. 
Because we were probably being feelings led, if I'm honest. And all of a sudden, time passes by and you're busy and stress inhibits all of those feelings and attractions. And, and the problem is sex was designed to glue the marriage together. And so I, I, I like the fantasy of it all just working out, but that wasn't reality. And as I've talked to other couples, it's not reality. We nearly have to plan. And the Bible says that the only time that we shouldn't submit to one another in those situations is in a time of prayer and fasting. So <laughs> you got a week off. Anna was like, well, that's it. During the week when I'm tired, I'll be praying all the time. <laughs> she says, anytime I don't want, I'll just be praying. But it's real. And this is important that we talk about it and we address it and we face it and we don't ignore it. God has got a way for this stuff. Why? Because the devil is real and this is how he gets in. And if we don't come under the authority of the scripture, don't be surprised if your relationships are broken. Don't be surprised if you're hurt. Don't be surprised if you're not overcoming. Don't be surprised if you're having issues in this area of your life because we've done it our own way. See, if you have a problem with authority, you have a problem with God. If you struggle with submission, you have a problem with God. Because we can't do things God's way without it. Man, if you have a, if you have a problem with sacrificing and laying down your life, you have a problem with God. You can't live God's best. Listen, it's important to understand this, that God is not out there forcing anyone. He's out there seeking people. When's the last time Jesus forced you to do anything? It's a choice. In the same way, in a, in a marriage, it's, it's, we come together as a unit and decide we're going to come under this. we got to both decide to come under this. If you're single and you're searching, you want to be looking for, for somebody who has the umbrella up who's already under the authority. Because don't go thinking that when you get a hold of them with all of your might and strength that you're going to change them, you won't. And listen, if you are married and you got saved while you're married, that's different. The Bible says you should stay. The Bible says you should uh, show in your Christ-likeness as you grow that they will be drawn to the Lord. And so you, you don't just give up. and, and No, you, you continue to grow in Christ. You put your umbrella up in the hope that they will come under one day and see what you see. Amen? And then also finances are one of the main causes, probably the main cause of divorce. Finances. You never would have thought. But when we're talking about bills, like I'll tell you a little story. I'll finish with this. We couldn't figure out why the electric was so high. Our electric bill was coming in nearly 100 pounds a month. And you know, I wasn't pointing the fingers, but I was kind of like, what have you done? That was the prideful part of me wanted to find a problem, but it wasn't the problem with me. It was the problem with my lovely wife. And so we kept searching, and, and, and it was bothering us. And I went on to Google literally and just asked, what are the number one, what are the top list of things that put your electric up? And it ended up being... The top of the list was the immersion heater. Now, understand, we've been in our new house for about 10, 11 months. 
And so we both ran upstairs. Where's the immersion? We, we never had even seen it. It was on. It had been on for 10 months. 10 months we had the immersion on. We're like, oh my word. And so I maybe blamed a wee bit before that. I had to take it back, but then I was wondering who switched it on. I'll not tell you who I tried to blame. Then I had to chill out and realize I didn't know and, and repent. And, but anyhow, tension came because of the immersion, because of the money. Well, God has got a system for that too. And it's called the tithe. And we hear it. We, we really, the Bible actually talked about that part of, of women submitting in, in Genesis. I think, is it here? I definitely put it in here. Where is it? Sorry. Yes, got it. Genesis 3 and 16. This is talking about after sin, right? Just to help you understand your feelings. It says, you will desire, your desire will be for your husband and he will rule over you. Okay, that sounds positive. That sounds like you want it. But actually, when you look back at that, that word desire, it actually means your desire will be contrary to your husband. <laughs> but he, will, he shall rule over you, meaning you, don't, you will not like it. Your pride will kick up. And that's the same with a lot of these things. When we're coming under authority, our pride kicks up. I, I don't want to have to step up as a man and sacrifice my life. Why should I? What if they take advantage of me? I don't want to come under him. What if he does a, a rubbish job? But yet again, there has to be some sort of function, some sort of order. And God has let it out here. Because of the fall, it goes on to say, childbirth will be painful. Is there any woman here can testify that that's true? And so, so our battle is pride, and it's in us. And if we can both humbly come under God's authority and trust in Him, not in a person first, then we can actually do things God's way. And same with tithe. It's a, it's, it's a ridiculous concept when you're looking through your own mind and you want to hold on to everything. But I promise you this, it will protect your heart. It's protected mine and my wife's where the first thing we do with everything that we get is we give the first tenth. And it's not even about what you get in return. I do believe God blesses us in return too, but it's not for that. I do believe God provides for us in return, but we don't give out of that mindset. But most importantly, I do believe God protects us from the love of money, protects us from allowing finances to control us and make us worry more than we should. And that's why I believe God has put those things in place. So let's go ahead and stand. I'm going to read this verse because I found it eventually. 1 Corinthians 7 and 5. Do not deprive each other except by mutual consent and for a time so that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. God, God knows our needs. God knows our desires. He knows where Satan will come and tempt us. But he's given us a way out. But we must come under his authority and his ways, not lean on our own understanding.
Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. I hope it encouraged you. There's a few things I'd love you to do. I'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube, iTunes, or Spotify account. This is so you can keep up with our most recent material and messages. If this ministry has impacted your life and you'd love to help us reach others, you can do that right now by going to ariachurch.org and giving now. Cannot wait to see you next week on the Ariat Church podcast.